This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. TV Wrestling Network, friends and family. Hello. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of Your Home for Everything Current, Up to Date, Modern Day Wrestling, Place Be Nation's main event. I am Scott Criscola. Uh, we are in the middle of January, where as recording, a week and a day, if you're listening to this on Friday morning as it drops, a week and a day from the Royal Rumble in Tampa. Um, we'll talk a little Royal Rumble, maybe handicap it a little. Uh, because our next episode will be after the Rumble. So we'll do a nice post-mortem and look ahead to Perth for the Elimination Chamber in WWE. But we'll talk all sorts of promotions, news out of Ring of Honor, big news out of uh, New Japan uh, just a short while ago. And we'll talk some AEW because I have this fine gentleman on and uh, other such things. So let me bring him in. Uh, he does an amazing AEW pod with Mr. Duncan. Uh, he is uh, the soothsayer of the National Basketball Association. Uh, does a great pod with Mr. Murray. And he is an OG. And I think this is the first time that I've done two consecutive pods with him in probably like nine years. But it's a pleasure. He is the boogie of the bayou. Mr. Andrew Reach. How are you? Sir? Hey, how you doing? I have an announcement of my own. Um, <gasps> at... at at the end of January 2024, I will be leaving my house to go to Texas Roadhouse to get prime rib. Whoa! <laughs> you, better post that on, you better post that on threads. <laughs> oh, no. The way people live tweet, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much assuming that people probably talk about what they ate, literally ate for dinner the, the night before. So That is true. Um, yeah. Um, I wonder what Okada is going to eat that night. <laughs> I wonder where I he'll be eating that night. He might. Uh, we'll see. Who do you think will be sitting at the head of the table when he gets his uh, congratulatory dinner when he's done at New Japan? I know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to Mr. Okada because he is a big news story uh, this evening. Yeah. Uh, amongst uh, many other things. So, um we will talk all sorts of um, news from around all of wrestling. Uh, obviously, announcements are slowly coming in over various promotions doing shows in Philadelphia uh, the first weekend in April. Uh, Ring of Honor has announced once again they will be doing Supercard of Honor on Friday night, uh, which is uh, – Already been, which is already loading up to be a big night. Of course, SmackDown Hall of Fame that night. Uh, GCW has a card that night. Um, you know, maybe MLW will do something. Who knows? Uh, maybe TNA will do something. Although they'll be in Philly like two weeks before for a big show. So I don't know if they'll go back. I don't see why they wouldn't, but who knows? Um, but the big news that just came out, uh, the big news that just came out a uh, short time ago, I saw it on Twitter. Um, you just mentioned him, my rainmaker. He's my guy, 
Mr. Okada, uh, will be concluding his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling on the end of this month, on January 31st, and then he will be a free agent. So that is a big deal because I don't think anyone ever thought that that he was going to ever leave New Japan. I guess his I don't know if it's his girlfriend or if it's what or if it's his wife uh, is a actress in Tokyo in Japan. Um, so I think the big thing for him would probably be a promotion that would allow him to bounce back and forth. Um, but at the same time. You know, he would have to be uh, committed to whatever North American promotion he signs with. Uh, Okada, of course, wrestled and defeated Brian Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom a, a few weeks ago. Um, in apparently an amazing match. I saw uh, it. It was fantastic. I actually was- liked it more than the Forbidden Door match that they had in Toronto. Okay. Uh then at New Year's Dash, which is their kind of their you know wrap up show with a zillion tag matches, they're crazy. There was a twelve man tag and two ten man tags and an eight man tag. <laughs> I, I always I always love making fun of New Japan being able to have uh, gigantic uber mega tag matches. Wait, it's New Year's Dash. Dash was was, was Cody Rhodes there? Oh! <laughs> How- it New Year's dashing. Was it was it eight people versus Cody Rhodes and Cody still won? <laughs> yes. No, only John Cena gets to do that. Uh, I did not see Mr. Uh, Okada wrestle at. Um, I did not see him wrestle at New Year's Dash. I'm looking no, at the two, card now. Two AEW legends, I guess you could say now, have that were there. Uh, Danielson yeah. and Moxley. Yep. Uh, Tanahashi defeated uh, Taguchi by pinfall to retain the TV title. Bishamon defeated uh, Ryui Oiwa and Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, you're the only one, uh, Boogie, that won't laugh at me as I spent 13 years destroying Japanese wrestlers' names. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny defeated Oscar Luby and Yuto Nakashima. Great Bash Heel, El Desperado, Master Wado, and Shota Umino defeated House of Torture by pinfall. That was the 12-man tag. United Empire and uh, Catch-22 versus the Bullet Club ended in a no contest. The Bullet Club War Dogs, that's David Finley, Alex Coughlin, Gabriel Kidd, and uh, Drilla Maloney, and Clark Connors. Yeah, David Finley got a huge win at the Wrestle Kingdom before that. Where I yes, he did. He's the new global champion. Yeah, he did Osprey and... Boxley in a match. Yep. Like, wow. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, just five guys defeated Los Ignorables Diabon in a 10 man tag. Uh, Tas Ta- Taiji Ishimori uh, won a four way to determine the inaugural provisional KOPW 2024 champion. And then TMDK defeated Chaos and Blackpool Combat Club, as you mentioned, Mr. Mox and Mr. Danielson, in an eight man tag. That was the main, that was New Year's Dash. Now, this past weekend, I think we're kind of comfortably past the spoilers window for Battle in the Valley, which was a big show that took place this weekend. Uh, we will um, 
So what we'll do is, if you don't want to be spoiled, even though it has been six days or five days, uh, maybe kind of shoot ahead about, oh, I don't know, a minute and a half. And then and then uh, and then you will will pass the spoilers. Uh, OK, so at Battle in the Valley last Saturday out in San Jose, there were two pre-show matches. Uh, Matt Vandegrift defeated Goldie by pinfall in a strong survivor match. Stephanie Vaquer defeated Viva Vaughn by pinfall to determine the number one contender for the strong women's championship. Um in a, and then those were the pre-shows. Now, in the proper card, in a six-man tag, uh, Jacob Fatu, Fred Rosser, and Shota Umino defeated Team Filthy by pinfall. Uh, in a tag match, Mascara Dorada and Vol- Volador Jr. defeated Rocky Romero and Soberano Jr. by pinfall. David Finley defeated TJP by pinfall. Uh, the Gorillas of Destiny defeated Bullet Club War Dogs by pinfall. Bullet Club War Dogs. <laughs> yep. Clark Connors now. Is, is that Jonah Hill and Miles Teller? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they were a bigger group the night before or the week before at uh, New Year's Dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they uh, retained the uh, strong open weight tag team titles. Uh, Julia defeated Trish Adora to keep the strong women's championship. Trish Adora is on Ring of Honor a lot. So yeah. you'll see a lot more of her in 24. Uh, the Chosen Bros. Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb defeated TDMK, Zack Sabre Jr. and Bad Dude Tito by pinfall. Eddie Kingston defeated and Gabe Kidd ended in a double countout. That was for the American Triple Crown Championship, which is, of course, the now three belts that Eddie Kingston holds. The strong open weight title, the ROH world title, and the AEW Continental Championship. Yeah, he also defended that in a taped uh, – uh, no, it was live. It was actually um, it was uh, against Trent Beretta, I believe, on ah. Collision. Mm. Uh, Moxley defeated Shingo Takagi by pinfall in a no DQ match, which apparently he beat the shit out of him in 26-16. And in the main event, the aforementioned Mr. Okada defeated Will Ospreay by pinfall in 28-34. So I'm sure that was a war. Uh, I have some things about Moxley I want to talk about a little bit later on. But so Okada, uh, Continues to wrestle in the big matches. Uh, the next big show is New Japan NJPW The New Beginning. Uh, that show, uh, that is, of course, a. That's usually in Osaka, isn't it? Well, there's four shows. They do. Okay. It, it goes it goes across four shows. Uh, the New Beginning in Nagoya, which will be in Nagoya on the 20th. So that's this coming Saturday. The New Beginning in Osaka which will be February 11th. Um, The new beginning in Sapporo, uh, which is two days in Sapporo, Japan, February 23rd, 24th. Uh, The only card, the only match that uh, is set in Osaka, United Empire will take on the Bullet Club War Dogs in a (laughs) uh, steel cage match. So So, let's talk Okada. Um, I'm sure he'll probably wrestle somewhere around these cards. Um, at least, well, maybe, well, maybe he'll wrestle at least the first show on January 20th and then he'll be done. Uh, so let's, let's handicap a little bit, uh, Boogie. So WWE, I think 
is possible because, uh, you know, they treat, you know, a Triple H there now. Uh, Japanese wrestlers are treated much differently. Case in point, um, Nakamura has been treated much better in the last several months. Um, AEW would have an inside track because Okada's already wrestled in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, TNA would actually be a uh, quite a fertile ground for him. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm sure they forgave him for the crappy Green Hornet sidekick gimmick from 12 years ago. I'm sure they've forgiven him because he um he showed up at a match. They they taped an episode and he yep. um he he teamed up with the the Motor City Machine Guns and it, he even made it, a comment about that how he had said in past interviews that he hated TNA or he, he hated his time there and he basically kind of like um retrograded and said no I actually I I like TNA I think what people like is the version of TNA that exists now they didn't like yes. Dixie Carter's TNA. <laughs> no, no, well, nobody, nobody likes her either. But uh, we'll talk about TNA in a minute because I did watch, uh, I did watch uh, uh, Hard to Kill. So, and, and uh, if you want to hear a great uh, uh, reaction special uh, that myself and the doctor, uh, Doctor G. George Abelino, did, uh, uh, go to the uh, archive and uh, we dropped it on uh, Monday afternoon. So it's been up for a few days. If you have not watched Hard to Kill yet, watch it first and then listen to the reaction special. But we did a pretty good deep dive. So we'll talk about it in a little bit. Uh, I think, ultimately, because I think TNA will allow him to travel if he still wants to for his wife or anything else. He may still do occasional shots for New Japan. Um which I don't think WWE can allow. Um, and I don't know if AEW will, um, I don't say allow it, but they may need him more than they think, than he thinks, uh, if that makes any sense. I think he'll, here's the thing with Okada, and, and I think this is a big deal. This is kind of a grander problem or a grander situation, Boogie. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and this talk, and this also talks about someone like John Moxley because he is the biggest, I won't say culprit, but he is the biggest example of this. Everybody used to shit all over WWE for years and years because, well, they would never let anybody go wrestle somewhere else. Um, you know, they don't give them the flexibility or whatever to. Um, you know, to go wrestle for other promotions and stuff. And of course, Tony Khan, because he wanted to be everybody's favorite person, does allow it. I have always been of the mindset, and this is, I'm definitely in the minority on this compared to other pundits, if you will. If you sign with one promotion, you sign with one promotion. Uh, particularly if you're with one of the big two. If you're one of those indie that bounces around, I get it because you're not making enough money to stick around one place. But if you work for WWE, I'm sure you're getting paid quite well. If you work for AEW, I'm sure you're getting paid quite well. I don't understand why people have to bounce around and go to other promotions. And if you get hurt working for somebody else, now you're not working for the company that's got the most butter for your bread. 
And I feel like no one ever thinks about that. And that happened to Moxley. He got hurt a couple years ago in a, in GCW. I think it was. So the reason I'm saying this is because a guy like Okada, who may not mind the occasional trip to Japan, may need to think about this because someone like even AEW is going to say, listen, we'd love to have you, but we kind of need you here. Like if I'm, if we're signing you, we're signing you to wrestle here. Because it's one thing to bounce around in the United States. It's another thing to bounce around to another continent. And so the, the question I'm asking myself and you and our listeners, is that something that will be taken into account as Okada decides what to do? What do you think, Bogey? So there's a couple of angles here regarding Okada's free agency I'd, I'd like to discuss um, that and to piggyback what you were saying about like how pronounces his presence going to be at wherever he goes, how how many appearances should he be at? Uh, the, the, the one part we don't know is what Kazuchika Okada intends is intending to do with his free agency and how serious he is about the disconnect because I don't think he's going to wrestle in new Japan for a long time. This sort of reminds me of when Kenny Omega left new Japan in 2019 to join AEW. I think Okada on his side of things looks at this as a new beginning, no pun intended. This is mm-hmm. one where if he has to go move to California, if he has to or to Florida or somewhere that would be beneficial to him and his family, it would be a fish out of water scenario because he is comfortable in Japan, but he might if they ask him to do frequent dates, um, if he goes to WWE live events, if he goes to AEW, probably weekly programming. If they need him more in the U.S. and they don't want to book charters constantly across continents, then maybe he is serious at this point. And this is why the decision has been made uh, in advance of I am ready to come to the States. I am ready to do this. Uh, Nakamura did it in 2016 and then he re-upped in 20 – I want to say 2020. Um, and you're right about one thing. I I don't think Nakamura's booking in WWE has been amazing, you know, with all the comic book panels and throwing red mist at Cody Rhodes. Right. But but yeah. but it is more important. He's more important of a uh, character in the programming in WWE and treated more seriously than he was when Vince McMahon was probably booking the shows so that has to be a sign of improvement and a sign of and then of course the female side with EO, EO Sky and mm-hmm. Kyrie Sane so that is probably optimistic on WWE side if we're looking for leverage in terms of not just money money is one where no one's going to be able to beat 
WWE. If they want to make Okada the highest paid Japanese wrestler in the world, they'll probably make it happen. They could probably give him more than Nakamura makes. But if it's a situation where Okada trusts them and they can shoot him right to the main roster, maybe maybe book him against Nakamura for WrestleMania. Maybe book him against AJ Styles. Uh, and kind of run that back because they've wrestled before in New Japan. Um, you know, that would get fanboys excited. You know, uh, what what do wrestling fans want? They they would love to see Okada at WrestleMania. AEW is in a weird spot where they need things that bump ratings. But they're also discovering ways to get their ratings back up afloat without necessarily using heavy hitters and big names. Uh, they just had an episode where the main event was Samoa Joe versus Hook. They had a banger of a nine-minute match. And it actually wound up being a highly rated show for their for their programming comparatively because they hyped it up and it delivered. But they didn't use any of their big names. All They have so many people out for injury. Would Okada being there be a great fit to kind of like plug that in and be able to pop a rating? of Absolutely. But I agree. I get what you're saying when you were talking about how much he would be needed if he actually did wanted to come over to to a U.S. promotion. Because I think he's going to go to a U.S. promotion. I I think it's either it's either going to be WWE or AEW, and I think Impact is a distant third. Um, I don't think Impact can afford him. But the thing for Okada is like, what would he be in WWE? He would be what Nakamura is to me. He would be a Somewhat unknown to casuals who has a ton of lineage as a great performer from Japan and all in this gaudy reputation in AEW, I think he would be a uh, a special attraction. And Mm -hmm. they might actually be able to book things further apart and be able to limit his dates so that his matches feel more important. Um, if I were him, I would sign with AEW because he's been there before. He's more familiar with it. If he was comfortable there, then the, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan would bend over backwards to make make things work for Okada. Um, his English isn't great, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can't get better, you know, um, in terms mm-hmm. of cutting promos. But it, I really do think it comes down to the big two. It's going to be a tough choice. This is a free agent. I mean, I hate to compare it to other sports, but um, I mean, we didn't we just have a very famous Japanese uh, baseball player get signed to Mega Money? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name again? I, 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 I'm forgetting it. I'm not a baseball guy anymore. Um, uh, Mr. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Now he had been in the majors already and he had already proved his worth and he got he got the bag. Okada can get the bag. He can get big money. Uh, it just depends on the timing. The timing is also interesting because obviously WrestleMania is right around the corner. And mm-hmm. there's a company, there's a pretty well-attended pay-per-view around the corner for AEW, Revolution. Sting's last match. So there's a lot of options there. Um, it's going to be a really tough choice. This will probably be the biggest free agent of the entire year. Uh, y'all, I definitely agree with you on that. I... I I am going to say this, though. I would not count out TNA. Mm. I would not count out TNA. I don't think Okada's worried about money, uh, per se. Apparently, like I told you, his wife is a very well-known 
and very successful actress in Japan. So she's it's not like he's got to be the near the sole breadwinner. Um, <clears throat> their their television schedule is such that he could probably be there to tape stuff and then go home to his wife. Whereas in TNA and WWE, everything's live. And if they're building feuds, uh, you know, he's going to have to be there every week. Whereas obviously TNA tapes impact every week. So I would not, I would not count out TNA boogie. I would not count out TNA. <laughs> and and no pun intended here either, but in terms of, impact individually for okada i think the only one where i would put a giant question mark on it in the long term and i understand that yes japanese wrestlers have been getting better treatment there in terms of how they're pushed in wwe i think it would be a concern i don't know if he would get lost in the shuffle i don't know if it's a scenario where maybe he just doesn't hit right with the fans in AEW and in tna he would be numero uno he would come in he would go right to the top um I mean, unless you want to correct me about that with, with WWE. I mean, I Okada is probably the most... <laughs> I don't want to get into the discourse about cage match after Tony Khan went on his little rant there about the... I know. I don't want to do that. But in terms of, like, the snowflakes and the... And the and all of the... And and how many how many great matches... I mean, Okada's, like... Okada's top five all time. He's He's an amazing wrestler. I agree. And he's young. He's not. I think he just turned thirty, so he, there's still time there. I don't know if he's that young. Let me let me take a look. Okay, but anyways, he's still got time. When when Nakamura went to WWE, he was thirty six. Okada's younger than that, so you can squeeze a lot out of that man. I mean, in AEW, you can run back Danielson a third time to do the rubber match. You can have him win the title off of Samoa Joe. There's a lot you can do with him there. But in he's WWE, 30, I he's know. 36. Uh, he's 36 years old. Okay. 36. So he'll, he'll, he would be the same age that Nakamura was when he signed with WWE in 2016. So this is almost that time where it's like, he, he, uh, I guess for athletes, I, I don't know for wrestlers. I mean, people's prime, quote unquote, is different because it's not it's not the same type of sport. But once you hit 40, it, it time's running out, you know? Mm-hmm. So. His wife's name is – they just got married in 2019. His wife's name is Suzuko Mimori. Uh, she's a Japanese actress and singer, and uh, she's been in various you know, Japanese television shows, and she's voiced a lot of anime and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, you know, he's got a pretty popular and I'm sure a very well-paid wife. So, But do you think he would be a big deal in WWE? Sure. Short term, yeah. But I do agree with you. It's I think the long term is where the is where the does he end up just settling into some mid card thing or you know, or is he a guy that that because now don't forget and I think people forget and I, and I don't want to go down another path on in this in this aspect, but I do need to say this. Triple H may not have to answer to Vince anymore, but now he has a bunch of board of directors who may be like, uh, you know, will a guy like this get over? And, you know, and they they know even less about – they're the opposite. They're clueless when it comes to wrestling, most of them. So uh, there's other guys to answer to, although unlike Vince, Triple H is pretty much, you know, left to his own devices, thank God. Um, 
but again, the other thing is, I, I think I think Okada would be loyal to whatever wherever he signed. I don't think he, I don't think this is a case of him bouncing around to other promotions to because if he's going to do that, he'll just he might as well just stay in New Japan. But again, I think in terms of flexibility for his life, I think he would definitely give TNA a strong look. Because he can, again, he could record episodes of Impact in clumps and then go back to Japan for a while to be with his wife. Then he could come back here and do big shows and such. Um, no Surrender is, I mean, let's just assume he comes to TNA. I mean, they still do monthly shows, but they only do, they'll only have three more pay-per-views. The next time, the next non-TNA Plus uh, show will be rebellion that's the next pay-per-view which will be i think in april uh then you have slammiversary in july and bound for glory in october but the rest of the shows but they do do monthly shows february uh the next one boogie's down your neck of the woods i think it's no surrender is down in uh it's down near you yeah Mm -hmm. so and then sacrifice is in march and i don't know where that one is um scott steiner does <laughs> yeah, right. He'll he'll draw you a map. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, God, what a putz. Uh, so money wise, yes, obviously he he can get more money from either WWE or AEW. But I feel like schedule wise, I think his the way his life is at the moment, I feel like he leans more. He would be leaning more towards possibly TNA because he could rec- he could tapings would be done in clumps and maybe he would only have to come for a couple times a month to do a uh, impact tapings and then maybe a, a show obviously whatever the big show is yeah and so it's, don't uh, count out it, TNA just because of the money I won't now and he already dipped his toes by showing up there at the in the Las Vegas taping right after hard to kill so right. clearly yep. he was interested enough to give it a go the thing that's also um the thing that's also kind of interesting for okada's sake is that uh, a lot of a lot of these guys you know they always make the jokes about you know when they're released from wwe they do the get out of jail thing i will say nick Nemitz. i know we'll talk about him more in a second yeah his his was really good the one with the zombies and trying to get away and he's in a cop car and the zombie and the cop gets attacked. By <laughs> that was yeah. really, that was actually a really well done, like self emotional yeah. video. But anyways, when you're out of WWE, we saw this, especially with John Moxley, you feel free. Mm-hmm. You want to be free. You want to freelance. You want to go out there and like, really, Hey, I've never been able to just book a date an indie date and go do whatever and ran and, and wrestle this random guy the same way that Cody Rhodes did before that. And drew Ma- drew Galloway slash McIntyre did before that. Um, with Okada, it's a little bit different though, because he was able to freelance in the United States while under new Japan, con- uh, contractual status. So when he's free to go from new Japan in February, I don't know necessarily if, if Okada is going to be in this uh, like situation for three or four months where it's like, you know, I just want to like go to like wrestle in Windsor, Ontario, or maybe I'll just go do this AEW. I think the decision that Okada will make at the negotiation table will be, will be quick. Like it, I would actually say people will know where he's going by the end of February. 
so that they, mm. so that so that if it's close to the time of revolution or wrestlemania there will be some hype oh there's a new signing or oh there's a new matchbook for mania because okada's coming in and i think we'll have a good idea the timing in terms of quote unquote cap space <laughs> for which they're wwe there is no cap space they all have they, have they have as much money as they want whereas with aw they just spent a lot of money to um and starting in february bring in on a full-time basis will osprey a great coup but do you have the money left over to sign okada um right. it's a good question but nobody knows that because those books aren't opened up nobody knows how much money is left over to sign more people um everybody gets on tony khan for signing too many people and look who's available scott it's fucking kazuchiko okada it's really like it's weird scenario for for tony khan well i mean how many guys can he have and he's well, you're not gonna send your he's gonna to say well, one more one more uh than that i had before because i want this one guy or girl you know but the other problem is he's dealing with – I mean he is dealing with a ton of injuries, and one of them involves his world heavyweight champion, uh, and that injury is – could keep him out for almost a year. That shoulder injury that MJF has is no joke, and it, there's a good chance that uh, – there's a good chance that he may be out for quite a while. That that title may be vacated. Um, seems like it's a cursed belt. But uh, uh, now – you mentioned Kenny. Kenny was a different case because Kenny was helping start a promotion. He didn't sign with AEW. He helped start AEW. So that's a little different. He was locked into AEW because he had stake in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't going anywhere else. Except, I mean, yes, they had the deal with with Impact, which was kind of silly, to be honest, and, and very one-sided. Um, uh, so we'll see. I, I, I I'm fascinated by what the priorities would be for uh what the priorities would be for Okada is it money is it um is it uh uh, uh flexibility of his life you know I'd be interested to see uh but he is currently the biggest uh the biggest free agent and again and that, right and that wave of free agency has not run its course there's quite a few that are still out there that haven't committed yet to uh, contracts. I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but we've seen Deanna Perrazzo, AEW, um, Dolph Ziggler slash Nick Nemeth, Impact, and New Japan. Um, th- there's, um, I know there's a couple others that I'm missing where uh, they're deciding to go. Uh, one of them, I think, is going to go to WWE. Uh, I think it's one of the stardom people. So it, yep. these people are getting the, 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 the free agent class of 2024 in the very beginning of the year, they're getting rounded up. They're going, they're getting their deals. Uh, Okada's is weird because nobody knew when his deal was up and all of a sudden here he is. And also Osprey, because he signed with AEW already in November, he's off the table and that leaves Okada. Um, are there going to be others? I, I don't know. I mean, I've always heard rumors that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are up right around the same time later this year. But I would be absolutely stunned if either of them left in free agency. They're not going to go anywhere. No. Right. And, uh, you know, the, like if Gunther is up soon, he's going to resign. Uh, so there's and then then on AEW side, we, you know, Hangman's off the table. Kenny is off the table. The Bucks are off the table. They just came back to television. They're probably going to wrestle Sting in, in his last match. Uh, yeah, but they're also they're also management. 
They are. Well, not, not, not Hank Page. You, you mean Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Um, yeah. Let me remind you, they are EVPs. They will tell yeah. you themselves. Yeah. Whether they know what the hell they're doing is a completely different story. I will story. say, the promo that they did with Renee Paquette, that saved them. That was a great, smarmy, blurring of lines heel promo by the by the Bucks. I was impressed. Yeah, with their little outfits and everything. Yeah. That. I wish they wouldn't have tried to tween it the way they were doing with their characters. I wish they'd have done that from the start. Where they're right. like, hey, we're big shit. This is our company. We don't need toxic <laughs> toxic superstars trying to ruin our TV time. Like, I wish they'd have done that from the start. But now they, I, funny. they finally discovered it. It's great. It is pretty um, funny. But yeah, long story short, a lot of these free agents to be, they're getting signed up or re-signed. And mm-hmm. there's not many left, and Okada is a really, really big fish. Yep, he is. Uh, you, the WWE, here's the thing when you were talking about free agency. It's funny you bring up uh, someone like Seth and, and Becky uh, Boogie because WWE, there is no line blurring when it comes to free agents. It's pretty clear when a con- person's contract's up based on how their career had been going, whether they stay or not. Uh, I I honestly do not think you will ever see uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins or or Becky Lynch leave WWE ever, ever. Seth Rollins is the and and of course we'll have a story on Seth Rollins because uh, uh, pertaining to his health. Um, I mean he's he's the Bret Hart now of this company. I mean he's he's world heavyweight champion. He's steady Eddie, you know. His wife is one of the horsewomen. Um, they're never leaving. I mean, unless something really happens and 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 they just don't want them back. But that's, I mean, I can never see that happening. Usually when a free agent leaves WWE, you can see why. Uh, someone like Adolph, Adolph Nemeth, um, he, you know, he wasn't being used. And he was making way too much money for somebody that was barely being used in mid-card work. He was in a weird situation when he re-signed that deal three or four years. Like, that was yeah. in the, that was when AEW was starting up and AEW, and WWE was falling into the new TV money. And they had that extra pocket of money. They're like, okay, let's try to re-sign as many people as humanly possible so none of them would go to AEW when they start up. And, and Dolph Ziggler wound up with, like, I guess the if I had to put a sports equivalent, he got like CD Lamb money when he when in terms of being a wide receiver, he was more like, um, I'm trying to be nice here, <laughs> Trent Lockett. <laughs> <You know? laughs> if that makes any sense, like mm-hmm. he got a little overpriced, but they they paid a little more to keep him there. They did the same right. with the Miz. You know, and but when his right. deal was up, he was really ready. Nick Nemeth was ready to take on the challenge. He wanted to be free. That's more of an example of like John Moxley and Cody Rhodes when they got out of WWE. Oh man, I I could really make I could really create leverage for myself by creating a whole new version of me outside of WWE. And that's what right. Nick Nemeth's trying to do. Right. Um now I don't know where he's gonna stay. Obviously, he's got flexibility. He showed up in New Japan and in TNA, so we'll see what happens there. But anyway, uh, another big thing that about Okada that came up earlier in the week, uh, he is filing to trademark the term Rainmaker. And I find it fascinating that he's doing it his, himself. Um, Tanahashi 
taking over as New Japan president in the wake of Obari's exit was seen as a positive for keeping Okada because him and Tanahashi are close. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe they resign, but I, I, I don't know. I think he wants to. I think he wants to kind of stretch himself out a little bit. So Dave Meltzer, I, I know we're late breaking stuff to, because this kind of came right out of nowhere. But Meltzer is saying that he gave notice. So, so right. Okada's just basically piecing out. Yeah, he is piecing out. He is. Um, TNA. Uh, had a great pay per view on Saturday. Hard to kill. It was really good. Um, we saw some other, uh, debuts, not just Nick Nemeth. One of them was AJ Francis, who's the former top dollar. And one of my favorite names, I don't know why I think this name is so cool, but Ash by elegance, uh, made her presence felt at hard to kill. Of course, that is the former Dana Brooke. Uh, which so is a Scott, big Scott. I, I need to correct you. That was Tony Storm. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Ash by elegance is just a very Tony Storm is is Norma Desmond. That's like an Ash copy of Tony Storm. <laughs> yeah, but I think the big thing here is uh, TNA just lost two of its, or has lost at least one, and is going to lose a second biggest knockouts in the last year and one of them multiple years uh obviously uh diana perrazzo's gone she is in aew did you read her comment in uh talk as jericho appearance about why she left tna well she hit there was nothing left to do that's what she said and yeah, you know to do and it's true and there is i know nothing, we finished the talking point about okada he probably felt the same way there yeah she, she did everything right she was champion she was the virtuosa Trinity. Trinity probably could have done a little more, but it depends, I guess, on the offer that she got. No, she she wants to go back, and they want her back. And I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Uh, Trinity looks better right now than Mercedes Monet looks, and they both left at the same time. Uh, Trinity did the right thing. She was a big fish in the small impact pond. She beat uh, Deanna. She won the knockouts title. And she had a great, uh, what, nine months or whatever as champion. Uh, she, um, I know you might, people might roll their eyes at this because it's the Wade Keller mags. He, she won the PWI Comeback Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. So she was kind of on the mainstream of like, hey, Trinity is like, Knocking it out of the park with her singles run here in TNA slash Impact. She is. You know, you know it also is. inspires others to go there. We just saw Zaya Brookside go there after being yeah. by NXT. And so people will go there and give themselves a chance, like bet on themselves. Yeah. Um, you could argue that they're the, they have the second best, that they have the second best uh, women's division in all of wrestling. Behind WWE. Um, I agree with that. I still think TNA. I still think AEW has a long way to go. I like Mariah uh, May. I watched her wrestle for the first time and I like her. Mm, I like her too. 
She's going to be an improvement. Deanna Perrazzo was a very good ad. She's Deanna Perrazzo def- was an amazing She's ad. definitely going to wrestle Tony Storm at Revolution. Tony is unhinged. She did this one. <laughs> she did this one promo where she jumped on Luther's shoulders and said that she was going to punch her in the and <laughs> it sounded like she was going to like stuff something in her ass. I, but it, she said something like, "I'm going to sock you in that box." <laughs> huh. she, she's just That's like, funny. and she uh, called a uh, called Deanna a hag. But yeah, there Deanna's getting uh, um um a rocket launch. Right to the women's title run, you know, a women's title match. So good. I mean, they're going, they're improving their their division in AEW, but it is still behind the uh, reputation of the women's division in TNA that they develop the wrestlers better, they treat them better, and the matches. Um, you can see the improvement individually of all the wrestlers. Like, look at Jordan Grace. Look at Jordan Grace two years ago and look at her now. You can't tell me yep. she's not a better wrestler now. Um, here's that article you were talking about. It's on my uh, good friends at Cultaholic, those fine youth, those fine mates in the UK. So, as you mentioned, uh, Boogie, uh, the night after Hard to Kill, TNA did what's called Snake Eyes. That was the big taping. Um, while Stokata has been vocal in his de- Displeasure with TNA that didn't stop him from returning to the company at the recent Snake Eyes tapings, which happened this past Sunday, with the with the Rainmaker teaming with the Motor City Machine Guns to face the system in six-man tag. After the match, Okada took the mic to say the following about the promotion. Quote, thank you. Many people ask me why you hate TNA, but I don't hate TNA. Thank you, TNA. TNA made me not Rainmaker, but good thing for me. Thank you, TNA. TNA and New Japan's original working agreement was soured by their use of Okada, but the two promotions now get on better than ever, successfully co-promoting several shows in the USA over the past few years. TNA also worked closely with Lucha Libre AAA with the two sides signing an official agreement. That actually happened at the pay-per-view. Scott Demore came out with the guy who runs Yeah, AAA. they had El Vikingo in a match. Yeah, they had si- they signed one of those uh one of those, you know, Photoshop uh print shop and, and you could tell Tony Khan was getting nervous because he immediately signed Black Taurus. <laughs> yeah. Black Taurus! Um, Breaking news, Tony Khan signed another wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, but uh, obviously TNA needs to fill some holes now with both uh, Deanna Perrazzo gone and Trinity about to be gone. Uh, I like Jordan Grace. I love Giselle Shaw. I like her a lot. Um uh, I like uh, uh, Eddie Edwards' wife. I always forget her first name. Alicia. Alicia, thank you. Uh, Alicia Edwards, I like her. Um, and obviously they they will likely be getting, uh, obviously they've got Ash by Elegance. Um, the former the Dana Brooke, one. by the way. I don't think we yet mentioned that, but that's the former Dana no, Brooke. I did, I did say it was Dana Brooke. Do you listen to me on these shows? <laughs> or are you watching uh, the Raptors and the uh, Kings or something? Are the Kings are fun to watch, play? man. um but i'll be sure to come back when the lakers beat the kings in may oh no the lakers Um, might not even make the playoffs no they're they're not going to they're fucking terrible um (laughs) they're garbage um they won last night they beat dallas but dallas sucks ass but anyway um i'm not adam murray so um i love uh, adam murray by the way and i love you boogie and that's a great podcast everybody the nba team podcast keep listening the guys have not stopped not stopped oh thank Um, you (laughs) Uh, 
one free agent that floats around, and she's one of my personal favorites, and obviously Dr. G and I talked about her all the time, and that is, of course, my girl, Camille. Uh, rumors are she was going to go to NXT. She was backstage uh, the other night at uh, at Dynamite, although I heard it was just to visit people, but I'm sure yeah. Tony Khan... Uh, well, look, Tony, look at Steve. Well, Steve Macklin was there. He's not going to... He could because he dates Deanna Peraza. Well, well obviously, no, Steve Macklin's not going there, right? Yeah. They're, mar- they're not dating. They're married. No, oh, he's married. Not, wow. Okay. No, he's not going to. No, they're married. They married a couple But that's years. what I'm saying. Just because they're bedfellows doesn't mean they're one of them's going with the other. It doesn't oh, mean you. that. Just because they're bedfellows. Let's Just because this. he's he's a gentleman caller. <laughs> <laughs> she, he is her virtuosa. I mean, we all we talked about this on the last episode, but we all, I, I always bring it up. Rhea Ripley and Buddy Murphy. I mean, would Buddy yeah. Murphy love to be back in WWE? I bet he does. Andrade's going back to WWE, but that was a no-brainer. But sometimes you just you're better off where you are you know you don't have to be you don't have to be in the same promotion you know you don't have to be in the same promotion to be a couple i mean that's not that's not a big deal no steve macklin uh, i like steve macklin I, I totally forgot he was in the uh whatever that faction was in nxt i totally forgot he was in there i saw him the, it was on uh, the uh, stream the other night on uh on a uh, peacock i totally forgot he was uh um yeah don't help me i'm trying to remember i mean uh, <laughs> anyway um so forgotten sons yes thank you okay so camille she's interesting uh i love camille um tall yes but she 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 has grown by leaps and bounds over the last like three years in tna that even you know a tna uh nwa um back when she was feuding with thunder rosa so here's the thing She can thrive in any of those promotions. She would thrive in NXT. My honest opinion, if I were WWE, I would probably let her go. Uh, they haven't even done anything with Jade Cargill yet, and I have a feeling they're just going to hold her out until after Mania, and I think that's a smart move. Um, hold out for her. Hold it out. Don't let her. Don't jump in now and put her in something stupid that w- that could wreck her. Just let her play out. Maybe show up at NXT Stand and Deliver, you know, just and then and then maybe the Raw the night after. I think with Jade trying to decide whether to start her at NXT or start her at the main roster, and they have. I I agree. Yeah, I I think that's what's going on. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I I would she would would Camille? Here's the funny thing. Now that we think about, now that we think about. AEW and the immense amount of female talent they have now that needs to really be continue to be cultivated. Cause I mean, they've, again, they've got, uh, Tony storm. They've got Deanna Peraza. They got Anna J. They got, uh, my girl, Julia Hart. Uh, you know, they've, Chris they've got Chris Statlander. They've got a, a good solid, roster of of women that they just have not booked right and i blame kenny for that because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing so so i mean they've got to kind of fix that tony needs to the the number one thing tony needs to do and this goes this this holds true for for the whole company is he's got to start delegating tony does not delegate he needs to start bringing people in and trust them 
to run things. He needs a Bruce Pritchard. Is what he needs. He needs Pat Patterson. I think there's two options here, and I think we already discussed both of them last time, but I, I'll reiterate it. One is uh, you have to isolate the women's division to make it seem like it matters. And I don't know if you want to do that in terms of uh, certain time slots or a certain um, – just even an entire program, say Rampage, right. just make it fem- like the, the female show. And right. if you try to make it matter, look what Athena did at Ring of Honor. The reason why people really are hopping on the Athena minion train is because she – when she became the Ring of Honor champion, she's treated like a big deal within that little small Ring of Honor bubble. And right. because they treated like they treated like it matters, the title that she wrestles for matters to her. And the matches that she's in matter because people want to know if she's actually gonna lose a title or not. Um the other side is is more of the star laden one, and that's Mercedes Monet. If you sign Mercedes Monet, that changes the game. Uh, yeah, I know. I agree. And, but Mercedes Monet needs to be careful. I like Sasha, but she needs to be careful to not price herself out. She should have just gone back to WWE instead of having to be like, I want to get, be the highest paid. I want to be the highest paid, uh, uh, woman in the company. And that, that was a bad that was a bad gambit to make because one thing Triple H, Vince doesn't give a fuck. Vince didn't give a fuck about anybody. Triple H actually appreciates loyalty. And I guarantee you he told Tony Khan, I love Sasha. I love her back, but I am not rewarding disloyalty. And so until she says, all right, I'll accept this. I'll take this. Uh, I don't know when we'll see her in WWE. I, I don't. He definitely would rather not reward disloyalty. But WWE does reward one thing very almost 100% of the time, and that's buzz. And if you're somebody who gets buzz and you get casual people to watch a show like a Logan Paul, like a Bad Bunny, um, even even Tyson Fury. Like if you're somebody that people notice and they're not wrestling fans, they want a piece of that. They, so they I think WWE really does want her back. And I think they've tried to make um certain measures and try to make certain um concessions to the former Sasha Banks to try to to have to have her come back to WWE. Um but there's I don't know what the I'm not in the negotiation part of this. I don't know what the 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 hurdle is. Um, I, I, if I had to assume it's hurt feelings over the way hurdle that, of what hurdle uh, of what uh, uh, the negotiations between WWE and Sasha Banks to get her back there. I just told but, you why because she wanted to be she wanted to be paid more than Charlotte. Yeah, I mean she wanted walking, to be the highest. Well, not paid. just that the walking out too. Oh well, well that but again. I think they would I think they'd bring her back if she just said I'll take, you know, let's negotiate, here's a number and if it was solid, they'd do it. But they're not going to bring her in when if everybody finds out and she blathers about it that I am the highest paid woman in the company now. Because I'll tell you something. One person that I think would really get pissed off at that 
because she's worked her ass off in her role. And whenever her contract's up, she should definitely get a big payday is Rhea Ripley. And she's worked her tail off to put over not just herself, but the Judgment Day. And when she finds out that this girl who took her ball, this 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 women's, you know, Mercedes took her ball and went home, pulled a Steve Austin 2002 because she didn't like how things were. And now I want to come back and get paid more than everybody else just because I colored my hair. But, that, and but that's also the, that's also the WWE system. What's going to happen is, OK, we're going to and this Okada would probably have to deal with the same issue. That's why you and I are both sort of hesitant about that um, possible move where it's like, right. Say Sasha Banks comes back. Okay, I'm Sasha Banks. We'll even let you call yourself Mercedes Monet. We'll let you transform into Mercedes Monet. You don't even have to use the name Sasha Banks anymore. But you're going to job to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. And you're going to be a peg down on this one. And uh, if you're on SmackDown, you're going to be the number two baby face behind this female wrestler. She's going to get pegged. And I don't know if Mercedes wants that. Like, maybe she just wants to go somewhere where she's like, I'm big shit. I'm the top dog in this place. Um, that's what Trinity was able to do um, for the most part at TNA or Impact at the time when she signed there. Uh, right. And if t- when she goes, I, I understand she's married to Jimmy Uso. It's it's very much a matter of convenience. But when she goes back to WWE, she's not going to be the WWE Women's Champion. No. <laughs> I mean, let's be no, she's not 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 immediately. You know, anyway. it's just it's different. You get pegged. It's different. You get tiered. Um, everybody I mean, wants she to would make, she would everybody make it eventually. Everybody wants to walk in from wherever they were outside of WWE, and they're like, okay, WWE's going to push me to the moon. Well, did that really work out for Karrion Cross? No. You know, not everybody is a Cody Rhodes. And yeah, I am complimenting the guy. He came in uh, out, of, out of after being away from that company for mm, eight years, and he came back bigger than ever. You know, credit to that guy. Uh, not, it wasn't that long. I wouldn't say it was six, six years, six years. Sorry. Six years. He left but, him, yeah, because he was but not every. Years. But Scott, my point is not everybody can do that. Not everybody can do what Cody Rose did. No, of course not. That's impossible. You know? Yeah. So. That was the problem with Mercedes Monet. I'd love to have her come back to WWE, whether she's Sasha Banks or Mercedes or whatever. But she's got to realize I'm not rewarding disloyalty because. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing, uh, Boogie. If like an NXT is a wrestler gets disgruntled and leaves, and but suddenly you start losing. You start losing. Now Rhea Ripley wants to leave because she's pissed off. Now this person wants to leave because she's pissed off. Now Bianca Belair wants to leave because she's pissed off. Now, excuse me. Now I'm getting drunk. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> now, now, uh, hey yo, no, now, um. Now you're losing like now you're losing valuable superstars. And not just the, and away. the season of locker room politicking. I mean, WrestleMania is coming up and this is the time where it's like, oh, yeah, that thing we did for eight months to six months. That was really cute. But now we have this main event scene and this is who we want. And now you're going to have to get out of the way. So right. we've already seen it with Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley. They already did a right. dueling promo. Everybody, the, I think the odds favorite is that Becky will win the Royal Rumble. I'm not trying to spoil anything because it hasn't even happened yet, but that's what the odds are saying. So let's say Becky wrestles Rhea um, at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. 
well, there'll be a whole lot of speculation. Well, if Becky wins, if Becky loses, does that mean she's not signing there again? Like all that politicking starts, you know, the backstage right. rumbles. Precisely. So free agency is a big deal. I mean, it's like that in fucking college football now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a big deal. And, and, and for Tony, Tony's problem is keeping people healthy. Uh, I, I, I said again, that, close- I said that on previous shows here. Hel- the injury bug is the number one problem AEW's had in the last six months. Not CM Punk getting fired. No, and that is why a John Moxley needs to chill out and focus on the company that's buttering your bread instead of running to Japan and going here and going here and going here and going here. Tony Khan needs you now, there all the time. I can't afford you getting hurt. Wrestling David fucking Finley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I yeah. can't afford that. I'm not laughing you at know? David Finley. I'm sure he's a fine performer, but that's a new Japan guy. You know, that's my point. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't, I can't have him. He can't have him going to New Year's Evil or well, not New Year's Evil. That's T- NXT, uh, you know, Battle in the Valley or the G1 Climax or whatever that show they do. In Dominion. June is. Yeah. Dominion. Thank you. Dominion. And then, uh, you know, break your leg or tear a ligament or, you know, whatever. I can't afford that. I got pay-per-views. I need you at Wembley. Could you imagine he goes to Dominion in June, breaks a leg, or tears a knee ligament, and he doesn't go to Wembley? Well, that's also the free spirit in in John Moxley. John is just a unique personality. He's the type of wrestler. He wants to be Terry Funk. He wants to be Stan Hansen. He wants to be I get that. But then you just can't be trusted to be at big shows. You just got to keep losing, unless because, you just wrestle injured like a like a like a like an old school vet, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's dumb. <laughs> that's I mean, Brian Danielson is out there wrestling in Japan with one fucking eye. <laughs> yeah, but and by the way, he's also having five star matches with Okada with one fucking eye. <laughs> so who am I to say anything? And that's kind of dumb too. Yeah. So so I mean, uh, th- that's all I'm saying. So I mean, yeah. uh, I'll give you another sports analogy. Um, TNA is kind of like the transfer portal in college sports. Well, every year they lose everybody because of free agency and they got to start over, but they somehow scrap together something good, uh, you know, or something solid. And then they lose those people because they developed them into something bigger than the, what they were when they walked there and they got to start all over again. That That's what TNA reminds me of, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um so there is a de- there's a decent amount. I mean, you have Okada as a free agent. You got Camille who's a free agent. Zack Saber Jr.'s got to be coming up soon. He'll be he'll be coming up soon. Um, Rollins. So, who? Uh, Seth Rollins. He's gonna. You be really want you, you really want Seth Rollins to leave, don't you? Tyler Black could leave. I think that's possible. I think you're out of your fucking mind. Okay, Scott. L- okay, we're gonna have a real argument now, Scott. You, <laughs> you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I talked about I talked about Gunther going to AEW and he almost had a conniption fit last time. But um, <laughs> Seth, Seth Rollins, uh, I know um, I, we need to talk about the injury thing in a minute, okay? But let me fast right. track. Let sure. me fast track this. Let's go okay. to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Hey Seth, you're the World Heavyweight Champion. We gave this title to you when we christened it. You're the man. But CM Punk is winning here. You don't think he's going to be bitter? Well, for fuck's sake, it's business. Not everybody could be the champion for fifth. This isn't Bruno Sammartino. Do you Sammartino's think the free era. agency would be a part of that 
decision making by Triple H who's going to win that? But I, no, I don't. I mean, so now this is what we're going to do. Now everybody's going to hold belts hostage. What is he, the fucking honky tonk man? Now he's going to hold the belt. He's going <laughs> to hold the belt hostage. I want me to be no laundry. I want to be world yeah. heavyweight champion forever. And if you don't, and if and if I ever lose, I'm leaving. I mean, is that really what we're down to now? Nah, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Nah. But the injury thing is an issue, and I don't think we have all the in, uh, all the information. There'll be more by the time this episode probably comes out. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking now. I, I know he was getting – so for those that don't know, last – I guess it was this past Monday on Raw, uh, Seth was wrestling uh, Jinder Mahal for the world title. He won, but he did uh, – he did uh, hurt his knee apparently. Now, of course, his knees are a little – or a little... Uh, he tore every ligament in his knee in 2015 in a house show. Yes, yeah. in Ireland. And then he and tore his MCL um, during the segment involving Samoa Joe right around the same time as now, leading into WrestleMania, and he was able to rehab it quickly to wrestle Triple H. We don't know what the extent of this injury is yet. Uh, that is uh, That is true. We don't know the extent of the injury. Um, if it's a torn MCL, he could probably rehab it and come back, but he, he is not going to be able to wrestle the Royal Rumble. He will not wrestle Elimination Chamber, and if he cuts promos with Punk, he won't have physical contact. Uh, you are correct. Um, but I'm curious. I am curious about about what could possibly happen. I mean, we have to maybe in, in two weeks on our next episode. Post Royal Rumble, we'll see how this plays out in terms of is this injury serious? Do we have to? Does he do? Does he drop the title? Um, do we give it to Brock Lesnar? He's now the new fallback guy. And does does Brock and Punk go? Do we get a rematch of SummerSlam 2013, which was one of my favorite? All right, now, of all okay, now we're just fantasy booking, and now let's have fun. You know what I would do? You know what Andrew Reese would do? <laughs> He would Tony Khan would buy WWE and no, I'm just kidding. Well, Tony Khan did the Danhausen curse on Seth Rollins for everybody making fun of him for mocking Jinder Mahal getting a title Dan shot. Housen. He's like, he's like, oh, everybody thinks that I'm mad for talking about Jinder Mahal. Well, I'm gonna curse this match. And lo and behold, Seth Rollins hurts his knee. No. Um, this is what I would do. Let's say, let's say the worst possible thing did happen. Mm-hmm. I would have Gunther win that world title, he'd be double champion, and then have Brock wrestle Gunther. Then you pivot there. I think I think I still think right now, I think Gunther, I still I still believe this. I think Gunther is gonna finally end his reign. His reign as as Intercontinental Champion is going to end at the hands of LA Knight. I think LA Knight's gonna switch shows, go to Raw, challenge Gunther in Philly, and Gun and he beats Gunther. That way Gunther gets the belt off of him and he can move on to the next. Speaking phase. of LA Knight, I know this is off track. What did you think of the Grayson Waller incident where with LA Knight where the hosts at Australia were mocking them and they kind of got a little bit testy? Uh, I thought they handled it well, to be honest. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was fine. It wasn't Vader where he went to jail for almost attacking an Arab TV host. Well, he choked the fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking whack job. Well, the Undertaker was like smoking a reefer or something. He was like – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was totally totally, uh, chilled LA Knight was cool, but Grayson Waller got a little hot. Yeah. Because the cameraman's acting like, oh, this is MMA. I'm like, no, dude, that dude's going to fuck you up if he comes across the stage, you know? 
but um, they did, but there was no there was no punching there was no punching but it, it got a little tense it definitely got a little tense uh another nwa alum by the way changed brands maddie my girl maddie rankowski is in wwe now she is officially called ren sinclair so uh oh another and another nxt superstar got hurt cora jade is out for probably a year she blew her knee out she tore her acl yeah yeah a lot of uh a lot of knee injuries going on right now um can you can you imagine taking time off for a boob job and then you come back and you immediately tear your ACL? That is crazy. Did, she did get a boob job, right? So, so <laughs> I, that's crazy, right? <laughs> I I am randomly speculating. This might not even make the show. But <laughs> oh no, it's definitely on the show. I'm I'm not editing any of this shit. I don't have time. <laughs> Um, but I, I am pretty sure if you listen, if you look at fan cams on Twitter, I'm pretty sure they're convinced that there was some augmentation there. That's okay. all I'm going to say. Uh, another injury update that I wanted to bring up. Speaking of new Japan, uh, actually he technically works for, I guess he works for AEW now, but Kota Bushi, uh, underwent surgery earlier this week. Um, he, Recently wrestled uh, Naomichi Marafuji for the for Noah's New Year's show. Wrestling on a broken ankle, which, of course, he made worse because wrestlers are stupid. He underwent surgery on January 17th. Uh, the following the procedure. So the 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 uh, surgery was yesterday or Wednesday, if you're listening to this on Friday. And he uh, posted the following to Twex. That's what I call it. Twitter X Twex. Apologies for the delayed update. Uh, it seems that my ligament was completely torn and another area was already quite weak. My leg has been fully immobilized and a cast up to my knee. I now need to decide what to do about my left side while my right side requires treatments every two weeks. My shoulder isn't in perfect condition either, so I plan to use this time to fully fix everything. I'm sorry for any convenience caused. Moving forward, I have a lot to think about and decisions to make. Ibushi's match with Marufuji was his first singles bout in Japan. Since October of 2021, with Ibushi only returning to in-ring competition last summer after taking time off to heal was what was at the time to be a potentially career-ending shoulder injury. So, little tidbit there on... It's un- it's unfortunate. You know, there's a phrase they like to use in the NBA. When they fall, they fall off the side. Like, when you lose it, it's over. Yep. And I don't want to say that for Kota Ibushi. But you can definitely tell he's he doesn't hit his marks the way he used to. Um, I hope he can come back from it. But um, the physical limitations are clearly going to be a hurdle to that he might not be able to overcome. I, he, right. he won't be the Kota Ibushi that we that everybody idolized in New Japan. I I think that Kota Ibushi is gone. Yeah. Um. So. There is a lot of free free agency still floating around, and you're right. When contracts are up at this time of the year, uh, uh, Boogie, you know, this is the kind of stuff we, uh, you know. Wildly speculate about. Yeah. That you speculate about because you never know. Um, It's kind of crazy, you know, Uh, particularly this time of year as you get towards Mania. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have – there's an AEW show before that. Um, with 15,000 people. So I'm sure he's going to want to try to get that one, that, that last stab in of like, Hey, uh, WrestleMania is going to get all the attention in a month. Well, we're going to like 
put on this whopper of a show with all these surprises in order to steal their sunshine away. So, you know, Tony Khan's got that up his sleeve because he's <laughs> Tony is a that's a bitter man. That is a man who like uh, he's got that. I, I, I hate to even say it this way. He's got that little guy syndrome where it, when you feel – I think everybody has it though where when you feel slighted, you want to just give that middle finger and be like, up yours. I'm going to yeah. – I think, I think Tony's got that in him where when people mock him, oh, yeah, you're, you know, your ratings are in the mud. And then they finally get a good rating just this past Wednesday, and they're like, ha, we were number one in cable. You know, and he humble yeah. brags about it. You know, that's just the kind – I guess that's just the kind of person – personality he is in terms of booking i think he's done well i think that actually they've sort of repurposed um some of their wrestling and some of their characters to try to make it more focused on a handful of people and try instead of trying to like like give it give all the attention to this person and then forget about them and then give it to the next person because they have so many people signed i think the injuries have limited them to a certain roster and they just got to make it work Samoa mm-hmm. Joe is the AEW champion, and Samoa is – Joe is dialing back into that mantra of what he had when he was the champion at Ring of Honor and when he was the champion at TNA, and he was a Samoan submission machine, and he was a killer, and mm-hmm. he's sort of dialing back into that. It's almost like it's almost like he went into a time machine um, because when you're the champion, you get remotivated. You want to like prove, hey, I'm not done yet. Um, and God bless Samoa Joe. He's been doing it for 20 plus years and he, he looks more motivated than ever to really show that this run as the AEW champion is going to be awesome. But you also have Hangman Page and Swerve Strickland. They're on a trajectory, an upward trajectory. They, they've got some good pieces there, but because of the fact that they have a lot of people out due to injuries, due to um, creative issues, um, Sting's retirement match, holding up some stuff, uh, I think that they've actually done a good job of just focusing on very, very specific things and say, Hey, this seems to be something the fans like, let's just give them a little bit more of that. Um, instead of trying to like make it a little too wild mm-hmm. and crazy. Um, I might eat my words though, when they do the ring of honor, super card of honor. And they have like, they read, they book this show with a million wrestling matches that I don't care about. <laughs> You know, that's the one that's the problem with AEW when they when Tony starts falling into the wrestling portion, the rabbit hole of the wrestling portion of the AEW, it can get a little bit like it can it can become almost daunting where it's like, oh, my God, there's just too much good wrestling on the show. You know, like I hate to say this, Scott, but so I think we're in the era of wrestling now where the, it's almost too much of a good thing. Like, right. Watch WWE like I was watching WWE to catch up to watch it to talk about talk about it here and raw was good raw was good compared to 2009 and 2006 raw is fucking rembrandt right okay but rembrandt but if i watched it every week today i'd be like "Eh, it's kind of boring but if you watch but if you showed this to wrestling fans 10 years ago they'd be saying it's the greatest show ever you know i think we're i think eventually i do think eventually uh, wherever Raw goes, I think I think it's going to go back to two hours. I do. Right, but I what do. I'm saying, but what I'm saying is the quality of the of the week of the episodic show is better. It's better mm-hmm. than it was two two years ago. It's absolutely better than it was a decade ago. Not even remotely close. Mm-hmm. And but but I think what it is is it that all gets lost in the shuffle 
because I think wrestling, I think episodic wrestling, and I think just re- the matches and matches across the board are just better. It's just better than it ever has been. And there's so much of it that we sort of like lose tr- we lose sight of it, and uh, because of all the speculating of the free agency and the arguing on the cage match rates, <laughs> like I just think I just I just think wrestling is in a good place, and I think WWE is in a good place. It's just mm-hmm. that I think there's just so much polarization and tribalism about booking and things like that, that people just sort of get lost in and they don't enjoy it as much. This is just my long rant to say, please enjoy wrestling. more. <laughs> right. Well, listen, in terms, and I've said, we've said this a few times in the past and I've said it with you and I've said it with Steve. This is in terms of just pure wrestling matches, just in ring alone. We're in the best generation ever. Agreed. Just every promotion is great. Um, every promotion has amazing wrestling. Yeah, and this ain't like a Lego movie, like hypnotism, where it's like everything is awesome. No, like if you watch an episode of NXT, you see a lot of silly crap, but you'll also see a twelve to thirteen minute banger of a tag match with Axiom and um, Nathan Frazier. Mm-hmm. When were you ever going to see that on TNA? Ever, like <laughs> in uh, the Dixie Carter era, never. Right. Like, if you did see a great match, you were lucky. You know, now now you're seeing, like, Okada's about to leave in, uh, New Japan. New Japan's going to still chug out some pretty awesome matches, you know, without without Okada. Um, it, it, it's just, you just have to turn the page, but the talent is so deep. And I think, when, I also think the abundance of women's wrestling has been huge. Like, the fact that we just have so many good women's wrestlers in this generation, that's been the big help. Mm. You know, I, I totally agree with you. And I think we needed a great, a, a better TNA. I think that, I think that helps, helps them as being a viable option for free agency. Some people may be fine with their money and may just want an opportunity to be kind of a, a slightly bigger fish in a slightly smaller pond. And then that, and TNA knows they're in that position where, they're kind of like AAA, not AAA, the wrestling promotion AAA. But like, what makes you happy? What makes you, Scott Criscolo, happier as a wrestling fan? The second-rate dysfunction of Dixie Carter's TNA, or the underdog fighting spirit status of this version of TNA? Which one do you like more? Oh, I like this one more. I Dixie had. I mean, listen, Dixie had a better roster in terms of just star power. I mean, look absolutely at AJ yeah. and she had the main event of WrestleMania is basically the TNA undercard. <laughs> yeah. <pretty much. laughs> right. And, uh, and, uh, um, uh, but Scott Demore, I think people just genuinely like, I think they like Scott Demore. I think they trust him and no, they're I mean, listen, we forget TNA is not owned by Billy Corgan, okay? He's not paying people in, you know, uh, McDonald's gift card, you know, gift certificate, bo- you know, books. I thought you were going to say crypto. <laughs> crypto. Or signed autograph copies of Siamese Dream. Um, listen, obviously Anthem has some money. I mean, they don't have, you know, they don't have... Tony Khan money and they don't have TKO Endeavor money but they got money and 
Would would CM Punk had been a good addition to the to, to TNA? Uh, yeah, but I think in the long haul he'd have gotten bored. He'd have been yeah. bored. But my 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 kind of long point about that when I asked you about TNA versus the the past, it's better now. It's better now. Totally, the version that we have is better now. Listen, um, I'm going to tell you right now before you go any further. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, if you have TNA Plus, or if you pay for their YouTube Insider, which I pay a dollar a month for it, you get because I don't have access, so I have to watch Impact other ways, and. Uh, this is the 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 lineup, the match lineup for this week's Impact, which actually happened or uh, last night. If you're listening to this on Friday, PCO's wrestling Jai Vidal, Grizzled Young Veterans, who made their TNA debut at Hard to Kill, mm-hmm. uh, taking on Eric Young and Frankie K, a little couple of originals. Zaya Brookside taking on Tasha Steeles. So an NXT alum versus a NWA alum. Look at this six-way. The six-way, I, I would assume, an X-Division match. So you have Kushida versus Trey Miguel versus Laredo Kid versus Mike Bailey versus El Hio Del Vikingo versus Jake Something. So Jake Something's really the only one that's not really a, an X-Division. <laughs> and then the main event is the sequel between Josh Alexander and Will Ospreay. Man. So, Pretty watchable. <laughs> pretty watchable. Eh, it'd be better on Collision. Um, um, I'm. They already wrestled, and in fact, if you go on the free TNA YouTube channel, the entire Josh Alexander Will Osprey matches on it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's an it incredible is. match. Yeah, it totally yeah. is. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so the sequel was at the. Uh, was at the uh, Snake Eyes taping. Now there are spoilers for the full taping if you want to look at them, but I'm not t- explain. I'm not doing that. Um. So yeah, the night after, uh, Hard to Kill, which was on Sunday, the 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 six man tag that Boogie and I are referring to, Alex Shelley, Chris Saban. Uh, and Okada, of course, Shelly now no longer world heavyweight champion. Now we, we're long enough. We can leave the spoilers. Uh, Alex Shelley lost to Moose. Chris Sabin is still X division champion and Okada took on Eddie Edwards, Brian Myers, and now TNA world heavyweight champion, uh, Moose. So that was the, the big match. Uh, and, uh, that was shot at some point on one of these shows. Did you like the surprise with Nick Nemeth at the end? Yeah, I did. That was cool. Did you think it overshadowed? I, I know this is TNA, okay? But did you think it overshadowed Moose winning the title? Uh, well, Moose is a heel, so it was supposed to. But uh, not really. I mean, uh, the belts are nice. The new TNA belts are gorgeous. I love them all. Um, we had multiple uh, title changes. Uh, Decay is back. And uh, uh, Havoc and... Uh, Rosemary or knockout tag team champions, right? Is it Havoc? Yeah. I think Havoc, so, yeah. And, Havoc and Rosemary. I'll or... tell you one very random thing. Uh, Tasha Steeles, who's been in Impact forever, she looks so much like Caden Carter in WWE, one of the women's tag champions. I can mm. never tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> I them. uh, I like uh, – well, Tasha Steeles was in uh, was in, was in NWA too. She uh, okay. 
She was a. She was. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about Caden Carter. I'd have. I'd have to guess Caden Carter was an NXT pure developmental person. Um, or is it well, wait, most likely? Yeah. Which one? Okay, I, I'm getting. I'm getting really screwed up. Uh, Casey Canizero. Which one was Caden Carter? Which one was Katana Chance? I think Katana Chance was. Casey. Casey. Okay, yes. so yeah, it's Caden Carter. So Caden Carter and Ta- Tasha Steeles look a lot alike. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um so obviously looking ahead, the Royal Rumble is a week from this Saturday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, a week from tomorrow. I don't think there's any big wrestling shows this weekend, but let's take a look at the uh card as of right now so there's the men's women's match and the women's women the men's rumble match the women's rumble match mm-hmm. roman reigns is defending uh the universal title uh the undisputed universal title in a four-way against randy orton aj styles and la Knight. of course it just comes down to who's going to eat the pin right uh and logan paul is defending the u.s title against kevin owens uh, at the moment, there are six confirmed men in their rumble. Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Gunta. That's pretty pretty loaded first six. It is. It really is. And the four women that have announced, Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. Um, so why don't you give me right now... Uh, Boogie, before we head on out, uh, give me your at the moment. Before any, I mean, they're not going to announce all of them, so there'll be some surprises. Who are your uh, men's and women's winners right now? I think Cody's going to win the Rumble again. Really? The, okay. Yes. And I think, I think he's going to, I think it's going to come down to him and Punk at the end or. Drew eliminates Punk and then Cody eliminates Drew. You know, some sort of version of that. I think it'll be a great Royal Rumble. I think the star power. I, we talked. I think we talked about this kind of loosely at the end of one of the shows. But this is one of the most star. This is one of the most like star powered Royal Rumbles we've ever had. It's a. It's oh, going to yeah. be a lot of big names at the top. Some surprises, but at the top, a lot of big names and um people that are really over with the crowd. So I think it's going to get a big reception for the women. I think Becky Lynch is going to win it. That'll be her yeah, second seem, one. Yeah. They seem to be alluding towards, uh, uh, Becky and Rhea at mania, which would be a and then, fantastic. And we always talk about this, but there's that, there's that, that, um, release valve of the elimination chamber. You can have them. Yeah. The so that right. Obviously Cody and punk, are the two, you know, Cody and Punk are the two number one contenders for the respective belts. So what it comes down to is which one wins one and which one wins the other. Mm-hmm. So who wins the Rumble and who wins the Chamber in Perth <laughs> on February, whatever the fuck. And the is. same with the women. Like, say, Becky Lynch uh, wins and she challenges Rhea. Well, then you can have either Bailey or Bianca win the elimination chamber to face EO unless you want to take the title off of EO going before WrestleMania. You know, that's speaking that's not, of so. speaking of 
I'll say this. I don't know if her contract's up in 2024. But if you want to be if you want me to be honest, if there is a big player in WWE that could leave and go to other pastures, I could see it being Bailey. Bailey's going to get kicked out of uh damage control. Just my just my thinking. And I think that she's one that could be like, you know what? I think I need to kind of stretch my wings a little bit. I'm, I don't know if she'd go to AW per se. I could see her maybe going to Japan. The, the, yeah, and I I hate to do. I mean, we already talked about this with relationships and how they don't all they they're not always harbingers of certain things. But um, Aaron Solo is tight with Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. So um, they're cl- clearly QT's not in AEW anymore. Maybe that means that Aaron will go to WWE with um, his his um, his wife or girlfriend Bailey. Um, so there's there's a small connection there. I'll give you another really weird one that I was thinking about when you were talking about it earlier in the show. Who was Nick Aldis's valet when they started when he was the NWA champion? <laughs> the brick house herself. Yes, you are correct. It was Camille. So I yes, wonder Lord. if there's something there. I wonder if there's something. I'm, I wonder if Nick Aldis went to bat for. Didn't Mickey James just wind up getting like a um speaking of Nick Aldis, his wife Mickey James, didn't she just get some sort of a position at NWA as like the head of something? No, she she used to. Okay. She was she was running things. In fact, two years ago, uh at NWA seventy three weekend, or was it seventy four weekend? I think it was seventy three weekend. She got a uh she was able to book a all women's pay per view the night before, Empower. And then NWA 73 was one night, okay. but then things happened and that didn't happen. And now she's obviously gone. I'll say this character wise on SmackDown. I actually like how Nick Aldis is a, I don't take shit from anybody at GM. I like that. I do too. We need more too. of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I love, uh, I, I'm glad uh, the national treasure is. GM. Instead of having this, that. that's the one annoying thing about AEW where, you know, yeah, X calories like, talking like this. Tony Khan is telling me. And he rattles off 25 million matches at Tony Khan. Like we need like an authority figure, somebody who comes in like Mark Henry and he's like, Hey, you're wrestling tonight. And they're like, yeah, you can't do that to me. I'm like, well, I'm Mark Henry. I'll break your fucking body in half. (laughs) We need more of that in professional wrestling. Um, Yeah, I I like him in that role. I'm glad he is, you know, whatever issues him and Billy Corgan have, I beyond, you know, nobody cares at this point. But I do like his uh, I do like his presence on SmackDown. And um, I think it'll be a lot of fun as we head towards Philadelphia. Um, Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. This show was a lot of fun, Boogie. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Thank you, as always. Always a pleasure to have you on. You could check uh, Reesh out. He has the uh, uh, the, uh, TN, uh, I didn't, the uh, I didn't get your I didn't get your Royal Rumble predictions, the winners of the matches. Oh, you didn't, huh? Yeah. My picks are I'm going to flip the opposite. I think Punk's going to win the Rumble, and I think Cody's going to win in Perth. Yeah, and um, I'm also saying a prayer that by the time – people listen to this they'll know that seth rollins's injury is not extensive i want seth and punk in that main event in wrestlemania I yeah i agree i do too if they have uh, to from that that's a damn shame i think i agree with you i think uh i think becky lynch wins the women's rumble but i think punk wins the men's rumble and i think uh 
Because I'm sure Punk said when he signed, listen, can I just fill some lines on my resume I don't have? I don't have a Rumble win. Can I have a Rumble win? Yeah, and I'm still not a fan of PG Punk, but I will say this. I liked the promo he had with Drew. I thought it was pretty good. Like, he doesn't have his fastball yet, but he's got his curveball. Yeah. If that makes sense. He'll get his fastball. He'll get his fastball when he feels comfortable enough to. Yeah, to throw and they're it. coming down here. All the all the promotions are coming here, man. Drink you gotta it go in, to the man. Gotta they go got to a them. raw. Raw's going to the Smoothie King Center. I'm not going to that one. Uh, that's actually the one where um, it's going to actually be Punk and Cody face to face. So clearly, there's going to be some eyeballs on that one leading yep. into the Rumble. Uh, there's a dynamite in the Lakefront Arena on the 31st. Uh, I, Lord knows what's going to happen in that one. And then, um, there's going to be, we already, you already mentioned it, but there's a TNA show called no surrender. That's going to be there in February. So yeah, they're making their little, they're making their little Gulf coast trip before they head to their destinations, uh, later in the spring. Yes. Uh, yeah. No surrender, which by the way, incidentally is a TNA plus show. So if you have TNA plus that show is included the next pay-per-view, the next show you'd have to pay extra for in TNA will be, as I mentioned, will be Rebellion, and that'll be in late April. And then after that, it'll be uh, Slammiversary in July and then Bound for Glory in October. Otherwise, every other show uh, is included. So, And it's too far down the line. You could probably preview it on the next one, but NXT's got a special called Vengeance Day coming up in a, right around Super Bowl weekend. Uh, in between. Okay. Vengeance Day. It is. It's the following weekend of the Rumble. It is. Yeah. Uh, s- it is uh, Sunday, February fourth. And they already got two matches: Ilya Dragunov and Trick Williams, and yep. L- Lyra Valkyra versus Ro- Roxanne Perez. And it is. The, it'll be the finals of the uh, Cody of the uh, the Cody Rhodes. <laughs> the Cody Rhodes. Day. He, he already has a tournament named after him. Cody <laughs> Rhodes is so popular. He yes. replaced his own dad. Like the statue is of now Cody instead of. Yes. Dust. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no I am surrender. now my father. We are one. <laughs> so I know. So no surrender, as a uh, as a uh, boogie mentioned, will be on February. It's uh, Friday night, February twenty third, at the Alario Center in West West Wego. After that is Sacrifice, which will be on March eighth, uh, and that'll be at St Clair College in Windsor, Ontario. So. I hope they come back to this area. I went to see Victory Road last year uh, at the uh, Westchester County Center, and uh, it was a great show. I I was very very in, I was very much entertained. Me, Doctor G, uh, Grooney, and uh, Mister Tomato went, and uh, it was a fun show. It was really a fun show. I enjoyed it. Uh, so I'd like to see TNA come back to this area. Hopefully this year, maybe a specialty show or it's fun. It's fun times, you know, TNA doing the rebranding. The camera work looked a lot better. Um, I like it. I like the way AEW has been going with their most recent weekly episodes. Um, and WWE is gearing up for WrestleMania and it feels like they're putting all their eggs in certain baskets. So I feel like um, I feel like the stakes are being raised and um, we're getting good. We're getting good performances out of a lot of different people. Um it's been it's been a good it's been a um a good time you know this is a really busy um time from in terms of media you know the Super Bowls coming up the NB, the basketball is going on a lot of these TV pilots that got delayed by the writers strike they're now premiering their new episodes it's hard to catch eyeball the election is obviously coming up 
it's hard to catch eyeballs. And I think these wrestling companies know that. And they're trying to do what they can to get eyeballs. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. Particularly this time of year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of great shows and uh, a lot for us to watch. Boogie, always a pleasure. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Hopefully, uh, uh, obviously, Boogie, you're always welcome back. And hopefully, Steve Willie can return. Prayers to you, Steve. And anyone else who cares to join us. Ryan Gray has been a nice participant here. He, he may, uh, I'd like to see him return. Uh, but we have a whole little crew of main event mafia. And no, not stinking Kurt Angle. Uh, to uh, join us here for uh, the main event. So we'll talk to you in two weeks. We'll uh, post-mortem the Royal Rumble and look ahead to Perth for the Elimination Chamber. And, uh, you know, talk about anything else that strikes our fancy. More free agent discussions. We'll see what happens with Seth Rollins' injury. And uh, look ahead to more uh, as we head into winter-spring season. Uh, for Brother Reesh, I am Brother Scott. You have been in the main event Enjoy the rumble, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Oh, Scott, I forgot to mention my NWA merch crate. Um, let me open it. Oh, okay. I have a copy of Just Tyrus, a memoir. A banner flag for Control Your Narrative, but it clearly says M-A-G-A at the top. And holy shit, a signed copy of Siamese Dream. Oh. I am.